Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. I'm Mateo. Lately, my dad has been having a hard time paying our bills. I started working part-time at a grocery store to contribute to the family finances. One day, as I was on my way home from work, I got a phone call. The person at the other end of the line said, I'm so sorry to disturb you at this hour. I'm an attorney, and I represent your paternal grandfather. My grandfather had left when my dad was little. They never saw each other again. My family never talks about my grandfather because my dad's still mad at him. Is it possible for you to come to my office tomorrow morning at 8? I need to talk to you about something important. It's imperative you don't tell your parents about this. I thought about the phone call all night. I had a hard time deciding what to do. I was scared of my dad finding out, but I was too curious. Having given it a lot of thought, I went to the address the attorney provided me. Two attorneys showed me into a big meeting room. The younger of the two was clean cut. The older one was the attorney who called me. Thank you for coming. Your grandfather had hoped to meet you in person, but because of the agreement he made with your father, he couldn't get in touch with you directly, he said. What kind of agreement? My grandfather hasn't even seen him since my dad was a little kid, I said in surprise. Six years ago, your father and grandfather met in this very room. That day was the first time they'd seen each other in a very long time. Unfortunately, your dad refused to forgive his father. I came here to tell you to stay away from my family and me, your dad told him. Your grandfather was guilt-ridden, so he accepted your father's request to keep from causing more harm. So why does my grandfather want to see me despite their agreement? I asked. You'll find out very soon, he replied. The second attorney turned on the computer. An old man in a hospital bed appeared on the screen. Hey, Mateo, I'm your grandfather. If you're watching this video, it means that I'm no longer alive. I would have liked to get to know you, but I couldn't break the promise I made to your father. I always regretted missing out on watching you grow up or playing games with you. So, I've prepared a little game you can play after my passing. <gasps> Meanwhile, the attorney's assistant put a large briefcase on the table. 
There's a million dollars in that briefcase. If you can spend that money in 24 hours, then my entire fortune, which amounts to 100 million dollars, will be yours. Refuse or spend a penny less, and my attorneys will donate the money to charity. It's your choice. The assistant opened the briefcase. Sure enough, it was full of money. Here are the rules, Mateo. You can't buy a house, a car, or a business. You must get a receipt for every purchase you make. You can't gift or donate it to anyone. You can only spend it on yourself. Plus, you can't use your phone or go online for 24 hours. Finally, keep this little game of ours a secret. Of course, it's not going to be easy deciding how to spend a million dollars in such a short time. But if you succeed, you will have learned to be smart about your spending by the time you receive your entire inheritance. That's the whole point of the game. Goodbye, my dear grandson. The attorney got up. Your grandfather left it to us to determine when your 24 hours start. It's 8.30 a.m. now. The game begins in 30 minutes at exactly 9 a.m. What? How am I supposed to spend the money today? Why? Because you're not supposed to prepare. It all needs to be spontaneous, the older attorney replied. Arthur, uh, sorry, I forgot again. Justin will accompany you. He will deal with all the payments and collect all the receipts for you. In half an hour, I was out with Justin. As we walked, I thought carefully about how I could spend the money. I saw a car rental company right in front of me at that moment. Of course, I wasn't allowed to buy a car, but I could rent whatever I wanted. I ran into their office. Do you have a private car service? I asked the lady at the desk. What's the most expensive car you have? Do you have a Ferrari? We don't have a Ferrari, she said in surprise. But we do have a Rolls Royce. How much? $7,000 per day, she answered. Justin took out the $7,000 from the briefcase and said, Here's your money. May we have a receipt, please? My first purchase. Only $993,000 left to go. We immediately hopped in the Rolls Royce. Your destination, sir? The driver asked. A light bulb went off in my head. Take us to the most expensive hotel in the city. Please. We got out and headed straight to the hotel reception desk. We'll take the most expensive room you have. The receptionist didn't take me seriously. Our royal suite is very, very expensive, young man. May I suggest a more affordable room option? Though, I doubt you could even afford a deposit. What was with this guy's attitude? We want the royal suite. Just tell me what the rate is, I demanded. With a condescending look on his face, the man replied, $125,000 per night, plus deposit and room service fees. Justin took out the money and put it on the desk. Your cooperation is appreciated. I'll take the receipt, please. The guy was shocked. We will, we will prepare your room immediately, sir. It was almost 11 a.m. I was so nervous that I started sweating. I had $868,000 left to spend. As we entered the royal suite, I was amazed. So this is the high life. This isn't a hotel room, it's a small palace, I shouted. What else costs this much? I had to stop myself from reaching for my phone. Instead, I turned to Justin. I wish I could just search online. These are your grandfather's rules, Justin responded. I'm not allowed to give you any hints either. I've got it, I said, snapping my fingers. Let's go for a fancy meal. Our driver took us to the most expensive restaurant in the city. I ordered one of everything on the menu, hoping to spend as much as possible. Each appetizer and main dish looked really cool, but I can't say I liked the taste of any of them. That was until the desserts arrived. The centerpiece was a colossal sundae covered in more than 10 grams of edible gold. It alone cost $44,000.
one of the top 10 most expensive desserts in the world. The clock was ticking, and I had $798,000 I needed to spend in the next 20 hours. The worst part was, I had absolutely no idea where to go from there. Of course, there were many places where I could spend the money. I could go to a spa, get a massage, or even rent a yacht or a plane, but the paperwork alone would take hours. I had to think of a place to spend all of the remaining money at once. As we continued cruising the city in our rental car, I saw a sign that said, New York Lottery. Just then, I had a fantastic idea. I could just buy scratch-off cards with all the money. I asked the driver, can you pull over to the right side? We need to get off here. I turned and smiled <laughs> confidently at Justin. Get the rest of the money. We're spending it all. Justin looked around. Really? Where can we do that? He asked. You'll see, I replied. When we approached the lottery entrance, Justin knew what I was about to do. Very interesting. However, you'll need to spend all of your winnings within the time limit as well. You realize that, right? He asked. I know. I'll win some money from the scratch-off cards, but I'll just buy more scratch-off cards with my winnings. I have to run out of money at some point, I replied. Who's the owner of this place, I inquired. Five people were working there. An older gentleman stepped up from behind the counter. Right here. I want to buy $798,000 worth of scratch-off cards, I said. They all burst out in coarse laughter. <laughs> Son, find some other business to play around with. We're too busy to entertain you. The boss cackled gruffly. Justin put the briefcase on the desk, opened it, and showed them the money. Their jaws dropped in stunned silence. But I have a request, I said, leaning over the counter. We need to scratch off all the cards I buy, right here, right now. I'll pay each of you $10,000 to close for the day and help me. Deal? The boss showed me the boxes filled with scratch-off tickets. $10,000? Each? Whatever you say. But it'll take us quite a bit of time to scratch off all of them. Everyone except Justin got to work scratching the tickets. No one said a word. Only the gentle scratching sounds filled the room. Occasionally, someone would break the silence with, Hmm, I got $500, or got $5,000 here. Before I knew it, midnight came. We were running out of tickets to scratch. Up to that point, we had won $85,000, which I used to buy more scratch-off cards. I was so close to beating my grandfather's game. Before long, I'd be back at the Royal Suite sleeping like a baby. I'd show up at the attorney's office at 9 a.m. sharp, and just like that, I'd inherit my grandfather's $100 million fortune. Suddenly, I heard the lotto boss scream as I was deep in thought. No way! This is the biggest prize anybody's ever won in my store! One million dollars! You won one million dollars, son! My heart sank at the worst news I'd ever gotten in my entire life. I was back to square one. I had a million dollars again. I had bought out the store's entire stock of cards, even the reserves in the back room. There were none left, and I didn't have time to scratch them all off. Besides, I couldn't risk winning another grand prize. What was I going to do? Where could I possibly spend all that money with less than nine hours on the clock? In my desperation, I slumped down in the corner of the store. Even Justin looked at me with sad, concerned eyes. Thankfully, New York is the city that never sleeps. I wasn't about to give up just yet, but that's best saved for part two. Can I manage to spend it all in one night? Let me tell you a secret. I have remained on my own for the past 10 years or so. I may have had a girlfriend here and there, but I mostly remained alone in my apartment for all this time. No friend, no contact. Yet I had no idea that this would put the conditions for a life that I never imagined possible. For 10 years, I've worked hard, 
not taking a holiday, remaining alone with my computer, trying to hustle and make it. I eventually became close to a millionaire and I bought my own apartment. It's a beautiful one and one of the best in the city. By a matter of fact, I turned out to be very successful and rich guy, but I lacked major social skills. Also, I was extremely introverted, so much so that when I was out, I'd be invisible or I wished to be invisible. Does that feel relatable? On a rainy night, I felt so exhausted that it seemed like I hadn't slept for a week, but still I couldn't find sleep. I perked up as I heard a scratchy noise at the door. I stood up and ran towards it, wondering if I was getting robbed. I was stunned to see a letter laying there on the ground. Someone had slipped me a message. I took it and opened it with defiance. I read in small letters, Thank you for saving my life yesterday. Let me know what I can do to thank you. My name is Elsa, by the way. You didn't ask. Your neighbor. I didn't remember last night. I had a blackout around 11 p.m. and thought I had fallen asleep. My neighbor? I have only one neighbor on my floor. I live in a premium condominium with very few and I heard very influential people. I had never met her. I opened the door and went to my neighbor's. Knock, knock. The door opened to a small blonde woman of about 28 years old. She looked at me like I was a hero. I received a strange letter under my door. Did you get one like this by any chance? Now, I know you were courageous, but I had no idea you also had a great sense of humor. Please come in. Let me get you some tea. You look terrible. Thanks, I guess, but I still don't know where this comes from. She drug me inside and started to prepare a cup. I told her I couldn't remember anything of the events, and she had a hard time believing me. Apparently, I was out in the middle of the night when she got bothered by a bunch of strange-looking fellows. I appeared out of nowhere, like the Black Knight, and kicked everyone's ass. She almost didn't have time to see who saved her, but she somehow recognized me. She told me I didn't tell her a word and disappeared into the darkness. I asked her how she recognized me and she admitted that she had been stalking me in the past by pure curiosity of who was living next to her. She had spotted my tattoo on the back of my neck. I couldn't believe it, so it was me. I was so shocked that I had to leave her apartment, otherwise I'd go through a panic attack. I left the building and went to the closest club to unwind. As I sat there at the bar drinking some ice-cold water to try and refresh my mind, I couldn't help but to address the woman next to me. I hadn't done this in years. Hey ma'am, how are you doing tonight? Get out of my face, you loser. Actually, I wanted to let you know you have lipstick on your teeth. You may want to give it a look. She looked at me in shame and ran to the bathroom. I had a smirk on my face and was about to reach for my water when a girl on the left just sat and ordered the same water as me. So we're drink buddies tonight. Ready for a wild night? I held my water up in the sky and toasted my new friend. Right. I need to recover from last night, and it's the only place that lets me cure my insomnia. By the way, what did you tell this girl that ran away from you as if you were a ghost? Oh, I told her she wasn't up to my standard, and now look at her. She's staring at us from afar with her friends. I can see that. What do you have going on that's so attractive? I was about to answer when my neighbor popped in the conversation from behind me. He's a hero. He saved my life. I was in shock to hear that, but my surprise only grew when she started depicting the mysterious events out loud in the club. The girl at the bar was now in absolute admiration over me, and my neighbor just looked jealous about us being together at the bar. Elsa sat between the two of us and turned to my water buddy. So, what else do you have going on in your life, besides your looks? Elsa, your face is too kind for such mean words. You're right. She's so perfect. She should fly in the sunshine like an angel, and eventually burn her wings. Alrighty then, I'm gonna head out before this degenerates into a cat fight. Ladies, please enjoy your night without me. I headed out to the door under the upset look of the two girls when a girl screamed at me. Hey, you! I didn't have lipstick on my teeth. 
So you owe me an apology. For this, I'll take your name and your number. Call me Big Papa. That's how I left. I felt strange, like a new version of myself had appeared overnight since Elsa told me about the event I can't recall. I'm having a secret life, one that's hidden even from myself. I came back home and without having a time to reflect on what happened, I fell asleep from utter exhaustion. I woke up the day after at 5pm. I really needed that break. As a lot of us do, the first thing I do in my morning is to check my phone. There were messages from an unknown number. Big Papa, it was great that you came back for us at the bar yesterday. We're excited to meet you today for the coffee you promised. Attached to the message was a picture of myself surrounded with beautiful girls in a club I never recall stepping foot into. So I did it again. I stood up and knocked on Elsa's door. Elsa, open up. I need to talk right now. Elsa slowly opened the door. Hey, you scared me. What's going on? What do you mean, what's going on? What happened yesterday? Nothing. I went to sleep soon after you left the bar. Then I saw you from afar on my way back. But you didn't notice me and walked straight past at a fast rate. It seems like I went back to the club, but I was sleepwalking again. I showed her my phone with the messages and picture. She was stunned and looked amazed at me. The city's here. I was out again. What if I'm also a villain? You don't look like one. She dragged me in her apartment, looked at me, and declared, I wanted to thank you. I know you have money and you don't need much, but what can I do for you? Oh, uh, thanks. Nothing really. Maybe just help me understand what's wrong with me. Okay. Actually, I already thought about it. I'm calling my security team. They will install cameras all over your place. Also, take this. It's a tracker to keep around your wrist. It'll track your every movement and also your brainwaves. It's an advanced tech. This way, I'll be able to check in on you and see how far you're going. How do you feel? Tired. Okay, sleep on my couch. Meanwhile, my teams will install the security devices. When I woke up, I actually felt rested. Could it be that my neighbor's presence was calming me down and impeaching me to live through my sleep? I got back to my apartment, but I couldn't see cameras. Elsa told me they installed the latest tech. Surely this means micro cameras have been distributed everywhere. So my really pretty neighbor was now stalking me with several cameras. What other madness could happen? I had no idea. I was exhausted and I closed my eyes to fall asleep. A moment later, I opened them. I was on a plane. My neighbor was sitting next to me in first class. I looked at her in panic. What's going on here? Oh, so you're awake. Good morning. Turns out you didn't sleep at all. Few minutes after your bedtime, you suddenly got up and got dressed and headed out to the airport. I followed you with a cab and hopped in the same plane as you. And we are now on the way to Italy. Italy? But why? Only time will tell. Long story short, it turns out that my subconscious told me to go to Italy because my family was living there. With the help of Elsa, I was able to find my true origins. Not only that, I actually arrived in time to save my parents from being robbed by the Southern Italian Mafia. I probably saved their life this very day. Now I am living with Elsa and my family in the very southern part of Italy. Turns out my grandfather also was in the Italian mob. Therefore, I was automatically admitted inside of it, and they do want to make me the leader of it. When I was nine, my parents made me work for my food. They said I was eating too much that they had to take another mortgage on the house. When I graduated middle school, they told me I had to start paying rent. Because like they said, tuition was expensive and I needed to pay them back for it. We weren't even poor. My stepmom was loaded. They put me to work in my uncle's bricklaying business. Not exactly a light job for a tiny teenager. But I did it anyway. I just wanted to make money. And every time I did, 
I would keep some for myself. My name's James, and I'm just a regular dude trying to get through high school. I planned to use what money I had saved up to get freedom as soon as I graduated. I wanted to move out of my stepmom and dad's house, so they could no longer tell me what to do. The problem was, I didn't account for life happening, and all the random problems and opportunities it can bring. It all started when we were on a class trip to some modern art museum. The only reason we were able to go to such a fancy place was because one of our classmates' dad owned it. Unfortunately, while the class was leaving, I saw Jonas trip over the carpet and slam into one of the pillars that held a very expensive-looking glass. <laughs> I would have laughed. See, Jonas was a bit of a rival of mine. We've always gone after the same girls. Always wanted to be cooler than the other. And seeing my rival do a tumble would have been hilarious. Only that I saw the vase tumbling down with him. And I knew we'd all be in trouble. I tried to catch it, but I was too late. Jonas fell, caught the vase, and crashed it as he rolled on the floor. It was broken into a thousand pieces. Luckily, there were no alarms, but we were both panicking. Any moment, someone might walk in. I put aside our rivalry and told him I would help him. Quick, uh, hand me those pieces! What? Huh? Hand me those pieces so I can hide them! I'll cover for you! I'll tell them we didn't see anything! We have to get out of here, now! I gathered every little piece I could find and put it in my bag. But then, that very same moment, the owner of the museum appeared. Behind him was our classmate, Carol. She was shocked when she saw me holding the broken pieces of the vase. I tried to explain, but Jonas blurted out immediately. It was him! He was gonna hide it, too! I told him not to hide any of it, but he didn't want to get into trouble! And with just that one statement, I was found guilty. They didn't even need to investigate it. After all, they caught me red-handed. The very next day, my parents were called in by the principal, and I got a world of hurt. Carol's dad demanded that we pay for the damages. I wanted to tell them all that it was Jonas. But who would believe me? I was the one holding the broken pieces when they found me. That night, Mom and Dad berated me for a solid two hours. How dare you get us into this much trouble? Do you know how long it will take me and your mother to pay back $50,000? Mom, Dad, it, it wasn't me. Stop lying! Now go upstairs and think about what you did. Just for this, you won't get any birthday or Christmas presents. As if I ever got any in the first place. If I said that out loud, I would have gotten grounded for ages. My parents forced me to hand over every penny I made, seeing I needed to pay for the broken vase myself. I got depressed. I was really looking forward to being out of the house as soon as possible. That was when Carol approached me at school. What's wrong, James? You seem down these past few days. Oh. Besides the fact that I owe your dad 50 grand, not much. My parents are working me twice as hard now. I refuse to pay for it. I'm sorry. I tried to ask my dad to let you off the hook, but he never listens to me. I wish anyone would have listened to me. It was Jonas who broke it. You know what? I might just have a solution. You scratch my back. 
I scratch yours. That intrigued me. So I asked what Carol had in mind. My dad's been trying to get me to marry this douche. We've known each other since we were four. Our families arranged for us to be engaged when I turned 16, and we would get married the moment I turned 18. I don't want to go through with it, but my dad never listens. My fiancé is awful. Plus, he's like 10 years older. I haven't even seen him in years. So, what do you want me to do about it? Meet me at the Red Ribbon Diner at 5 tomorrow. Tell your parents you'll be gone for the week. Tell them you're going to go to a friend's party to kick off the summer holidays or something. I dressed as nicely as I could, not knowing what we'd be up to. I brought a change of clothes, and as soon as I got there, Carol handed me a thick envelope. And when I looked into it, my jaw dropped. There must have been at least 10,000 bucks in there. <laughs> what the? That's just for this weekend. I'll give you double that if we pull this off. Carol drove us to a villa by the sea. It was huge and extravagant. I'd never been in a house that expensive. She told me I was going to stay there for the summer, and given that my parents didn't care where I was, I said yes. She told me she needed my help. Her parents were going to arrive in the neighboring villa soon, and that I would pretend to be her boyfriend for the whole summer, just to annoy her family and her billionaire fiancé. If we got the fiancé to call the wedding off, she'd pay me 40 grand more. That would take my money up to 60, enough to pay her dad and to have a bit of change for me to leave home. I acted like the biggest douche there ever was. When we went to meet her family, her dad was so red, he'd think he was about to blow steam out of his ears. The fiancé was taken aback by the fact that her fiancé had a boyfriend. And I put on the best performance of my life. I talked non-stop about myself. I would keep kissing Carol in front of everyone. Carol bought me expensive clothes and the tackiest watches and jewelry, and I wore them all. I spit at the table, I made gross noises while having dinner with her family, and best of all, when I told her I love her, I'd look straight in her fiancé's eyes and wink at him, rubbing it in his face that his girl was mine. That dinner ended in chaos. The fiancé, humiliated by all that, threw his glass on the floor. I don't know what you're playing at, Mr. Eggenman, but your daughter clearly has no intent to be faithful to me. I'm calling off the wedding. My father will hear about this disrespect. The merger between our companies is done. I never want to see you or your daughter ever again. He left in a huff, throwing a tantrum like a baby and Carol's dad's face was unexplainable. Her mom was almost in tears at how horrible I was behaving at the dinner table, and her brothers and sisters were all taking videos of the whole thing. Please, Carol, I give up. Please, break up with this oaf! I'm begging you, take anyone, anyone but him! I went home after the summer, 60,000 richer. Yep! Her dad let me off the hook just so I would leave his daughter alone, and I got to keep all the money from Carol. The problem was, my stepmom found the wad of cash when she was cleaning my room, and I had to fess up to her. I thought she would scream at me. Instead, she had a mischievous glint in her eyes. You know, 
I've been asking your dad for a trip to the Bahamas for ages, but he never budges. So, here's my plan. My stepmom wanted me to start dating my stepsister. In her mind, if I did something so grotesque, she could convince dad to give her anything if she put a stop to it. I said yes, of course, given that she was prepared to offer me ten grand, and just to get her off my back. Unfortunately, when dad found out, it wasn't the result we were hoping for. He threw me out of the house, and my stepmom didn't pay me. But that summer, I found out there was a niche in the market I could fill. So I started my very own rent-a-boyfriend agency. At first, it was just me. I would go out on dates with lonely girls or girls who had to go to events and needed an arm candy. I made so much money, I even got to pay for college. That was when my business really boomed. My dorm mates found out what I was doing and they wanted in, and I hired them. They paid me 10% of their earnings. Valentine's and Christmas were our busiest times. In my senior year, my company took in a hundred grand in profit during Valentine's Day alone. But that year, we almost shut down. Because guess what? Remember Jonas? My rival? Well, he's been stalking me. And now, he works in the same business. Once again, we were rivals. He tried to spread rumors about my company, telling everyone I stole his idea. Jonas was a smooth talker, and a lot of people believed him. So, I had to take him down. I sneaked into his offices one night, and with the help of my guys, we hacked his computer and downloaded his entire client list. That night, I sent them 50% off coupons for my company, and once they'd experienced how our services were much better, and that I taught my guys how to listen and act like the perfect gentleman, they switched to us entirely. Jonas's company went into the ground. It was around that time that Carol came back into my life. I looked for you at your old house. They said you haven't been there in years. Oh, yeah. What brings you all the way here? Well, I heard you run a business now. I'm finally free of my dad, by the way. I was wondering if you'd do one last job for me. What is it? For you? Anything. Free of charge. See, I was wondering if you'd pretend to be my boyfriend again. Of course! But this time? Forever. So now, Carol and I are married. And I don't go out to clients anymore. I only run the business. As was our deal, Carol is now my one and only client. What are you doing here? I asked in shock. Natasha smirked. Well, I took your advice and got a real job. What a weird coincidence. I didn't want to meet her again, and that too when I was with my boss and colleague. Uh, okay. Good for you. Then I'll go back to sleep. I said in a dismissive tone. What? Are you really trying to ignore me? She asked. Do you know how difficult it was for me to find out which company you're working for? My eyes widened. What do you mean? She sat down beside me without even asking and turned to me with a smile. I was looking for a job a few days ago. I thought that it would be best to look into the company you're working for. So, here I am. So, you were stalking me again. I state in irritation. Matt, why don't you understand? I'm doing this for you. She said seriously. 
I just want to stay close to you. I don't want that, I exclaimed. So please, do me a favor and leave me alone. Excuse me? Ruby's voice interrupted. She was standing in the aisle, staring at Natasha. That's my seat, Ruby told her. So please leave. I don't know what gave you this idea that you could just sit anywhere in this flight. Natasha glared at her, but had no choice but to leave. What else could she do? Ruby was technically her boss. Thanks. You just saved me from her, I said to Ruby. She nodded. I could see that she was annoying you. I'll ask the higher-ups to look more into her background, and verify if she's really suitable for the job. I sighed. <sighs> that would be great. A few more hours later, we finally landed, and I could sigh in relief. <sighs> that was a plane ride from a nightmare. I could only relax when I got inside my hotel room and lied down on the bed. I was about to fall asleep when my phone started buzzing. Olivia was calling me. Hi, Matt? Are you free tonight? She asked as soon as I received the call. Um, yeah. I think the meetings and negotiations will start tomorrow. So we have the day off today, I replied. Right, so I was wondering if you wanted to go to a club with me, she asked. I gave it a thought. I was not really sure about Olivia anymore. She had acted like a completely different person with Ruby. But... Now, she was talking like her old self. I decided to give her a second chance. I mean, I'd be getting bored anyway, so why not just go clubbing? Sure. I'll meet you later, I told her. Around 11pm, we met in the hotel lobby, and from there, we proceeded towards the club. Within two hours, Olivia was drunk out of her mind. I was having a hard time with her. She was all over the place and had been flirting with me the whole time. It was a bit uncomfortable for me. Oh, would you like to dance? She suddenly asked. No thanks, I immediately replied. She started pleading me, and she was being so loud and weird that now everyone was watching us. In the end, I said yes, just so she would shut up. Even the dance was uncomfortable. She was completely intoxicated, and I bet she had no idea what she was doing. I was thinking of getting out of there when someone tapped on my shoulder. I turned around to come face to face with Ruby. Oh, God, what are you doing here? I yelled over the music. I could ask you the same thing, she yelled back, then pointed towards Olivia. I've been watching since the last few hours. What exactly is going on here? Um, I started awkwardly. You see, Olivia's a bit drunk, and... Ruby scoffed, cutting me off. Drunk? Please, she doesn't get drunk so easily. I've known her for a long time, and trust me, she's fooling you. What? I exclaimed in shock. I turned to Olivia to see that she was glaring at Ruby. Oh, wow. She seemed completely fine now. Ruby pulled me to a quiet corner. Matt, I warned you about her. I don't know what she's playing at, but please, be careful. What is your problem? Olivia suddenly appeared before us and started yelling. You are my problem, Ruby snorted. Weren't you supposed to play a drunk girl just now? Did you come out of your character already? Ruby was right. Olivia seemed completely normal right now. Uh, were you pretending to be drunk? I asked her. Why would you do that? Was it fun to deceive me? No, Matt, listen. She grabbed my hand. I was not pretending. I, 
I I just feel better right now. But why did you leave me alone and come here with Ruby? I brought him here, Ruby intervened. I couldn't tolerate your antics anymore. You're just jealous, Olivia fumed. I know that you like Matt and you hate it when he's with me, don't you? Olivia, please. I stopped her. Instead of accepting your mistake, why are you arguing with us? Olivia glanced at me in shock. Us? What do you mean, us? Is she that important to you? Ruby shook her head. You're just blowing things out of proportion. Don't take your anger out on Matt. She is, I finally said, ignoring Ruby's words. Ruby is important to me. Even I don't know why I said that, but I needed Olivia to back away, and this seemed like the only way. Plus, who knows? Maybe Ruby really meant something to me. A look of betrayal crossed Olivia's face, and she turned around and left. Ruby gave me an awkward look, and I found it hard to meet her gaze. I I'm sorry for ruining your night, she blurted out. But I swear, I just didn't want you to fall for Olivia's trap. I nodded. It's fine, and you know, not everything's ruined. We can still enjoy it, right? Ruby smiled. Right. And that's how my night started, with Olivia, but somehow ended with Ruby. One thing was clear to me now. Olivia was not what she appeared to be. And she kind of reminded me of Natasha, which was not really a good thing, I guess. The next day, Olivia had disappeared somewhere and didn't even show up for the meetings. Ruby called her multiple times, but there was no response. We attended the meetings without her. Later at night, I was having a business dinner with Ruby. We were just discussing some proposals and clients over food and wine. But I must say, it felt good to spend time like this with her. She was really the best in what she did. Okay, so we will try and negotiate with them tomorrow, Ruby concluded. Thanks, Matt. You've been really helpful. No worries, I said. I just hope that Olivia's safe. Oh, I think she is safe, Ruby replied. She's pulled this kind of stunt a lot of times. When things don't go her way, she disappears, then comes back again to wreak havoc. Oh, wow, I remarked. You seem to know her very well. Yes, unfortunately. I knew her since college days. We were in the same classes, and then we got our jobs at the same place. But I got promoted a lot of times, and she stayed where she was. So she became really bitter. She has always been jealous of what I have and has tried to ruin things for me a lot of times. That's terrible, I said in shock. Why haven't you fired her yet? I guess I feel somewhat bad for her, she said with a smile. If I fire her, she'll just blame me even more. I want to give her time to learn and improve. She was kind of getting there, but you came and then everything became a competition once again. I bit my lip. It's my fault. I shouldn't have trusted her so easily. No, it's okay. Ruby waved her hand. Let's not talk about her. I was about to reply when suddenly the doors burst open and guess who barged in? It was Natasha. Oh, finally I found you, Natasha said, walking up to me. Why didn't you wait for me at the airport? I made a disgusted face. What are you talking about? I have nothing to do with you. Why would I wait? And why are you here? Don't tell me you followed me again. Thank God that Olivia girl told me that you would be here, Natasha sighed. Otherwise, I would have lost you again. 
Olivia told you? Ruby exclaimed. Where is she? And how do you even know her? Uh, who are you? And why are you with my boyfriend? Natasha asked her. God, are you delusional? I yelled at her. We are not dating anymore, and my life is none of your business. Leave before I call the cops. You can't do that, Matt. Natasha smiled. You should learn to take responsibility. What do you mean? I asked in confusion. I'll tell you only if you agree to come with me. And trust me, this is important. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.